This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Michelle Scribner-McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Milers, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about the Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else comes up. I'm Chris Eliopoulos, and with me, as always, is the Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean. Michelle, how yes, goes? Yes, and three friends spend a half an hour playing with Zoom filters, too, before we record. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's my new toy that I learned this week They they have, so I'm actually on a filter right now, which... Again, I should have just gone as a cow. Yes, I didn't know things were like old fashioned in New Jersey there. Yeah, I've got the second so filter. I have to tell you, I have my copy here of I Am Dolly Parton. Woot. And I'm very grateful that, unbeknownst to me, you drew me in the book, which is amazing. But <laughs> I showed my family and friends this weekend, and nobody cared about that. Everybody just said, what a freaking national treasure Dolly Parton yes. is, <laughs> and which I'm glad, and she is. So it's so but interesting. It's such a oh, she's just great. And I yeah. I told you, Chris, a long time ago that I did on the Apple Watch a time to walk. They they interview different people, and my yeah. favorite one was Dolly Parton, like walking with Dolly Parton, listening yeah. to her story. So yeah. has she seen this? You know, so with any person that we do these books on that is still alive, we contact their people like so for the sake of jane goodall we talked to her people and eventually jane goodall saw the book and gave us notes billy jean king had like a two-hour conversation with brad about notes about the book even down to like sneaker color oprah winfrey's people gave us notes barely i mean they were very little i don't know if she ever saw it but the the notes that we got back about this book lead us to believe that she saw it and read through it just because the notes were so specific that you don't know that anybody else would know these things. So I, I, I assume she did. She was not, she's not big on Social the promotion media. stuff. Yeah. Like she didn't like, I think she kept saying from what we heard that she felt like she was getting oversaturated in the media and she didn't want to be out there as much, which makes her even more amazing. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, Love but that. yeah, it was, it's amazing. The, the, the week this, the, the book came out, there was such an outpouring for Dolly. It was amazing to see the reaction. We did not expect it. I mean, we, you know, you know, that Dolly is a pretty Freak, famous and freaking national treasure. Yeah. And, <laughs> but it was just a weird and wonderful surprise. So, you know, it was thank, really, and then the I am paid book thank was there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that and that was great too. That was so cool. The three D. Yeah. The I just I love to say the title over and over again. I, I am my okay. <laughs> I know we laughed and we said people are going to think we're stuttering, but we even considered just changing it to I'm I am pay, but it just seemed like it was just wrong. But yeah. um, anyway, getting back to things, let's talk to the dean of Disney, Mr. Mike Scopa. Hi, Mike. Hi, Chris. I guess if you're going to talk to my people, that would be Michelle. I guess I have a trivia question for you. Do you know what happens on June twenty first next week? June 21st. The longest day of the year. Summer equinox? Well, on Disney Plus, on on June 21st at 9 o'clock, they are going to show a live presentation of Harmonious. And it will be hosted by Indina Menzel. Or as John Travolta calls her, Indina's Visionaries. Blah, 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 blah. blah. (laughs) Just thought I'd pass that along for those who may be too busy to have noticed that. Idina. Idina or Edina. I think it's Indina. 
Oh, I can see. See, the name on no the wonder John right Travolta there. had problems. No, I can see the name on the screen. Mm-hmm. Right up at the top. Very cool. Oh, you know, I edit like half of my life. <laughs> oh, it did. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Go figure. Well, so on today's episode, we've recently diverged Mike, Michelle, and I in terms of our choices. They have renewed their annual passes, and I have forgo- forgone, forgoed, yeah, forgotten, <laughs> got rid of my <laughs> annual passes. And but because Michelle is still on, she got a survey, which of course these surveys always indicate some interesting thought processes that are going on in the minds of the Disney folks. So before we get into the specifics. Michelle, as the scientist, you know, I found interesting is the thought process that goes into doing surveys and what the thought process and how they go about asking these questions. Do you have any kind of info like in your scientific background of how these things Mm -hmm. get done? Yes, I think this sort of frames the whole discussion because of the the choices that I was given for in this thing. No kidding. Took me 25 minutes. I wrote a lot of comments. Believe me, I wrote a lot of comments. So, so when you're doing a survey, when my doctoral students are putting together a survey, you're trying to you know, map it against some goals. So you're trying to find out some information. So you have a question that you're trying to answer. So your survey needs to be mapped to those goals. But when you're giving subjects choices, you don't just give them a blank page, right? You give, you brainstorm some things that they might say. So, you know, if you're doing a survey of types of soda preferences, you might put the different types of soda to make it very simple. So what I found really interesting about this survey, and it was multiple, multiple pages, was the choices that were given to me indicated something was up. So we can get into the specifics, but as I shared some of the screenshots with both of you, you both came to the same conclusion, like, wow, those are really interesting. And very specific. Very specific, very interesting, and not super positive. So, but I was fascinated by the Yeah, the the choice of answers was was very interesting to see, and we'll go through those in a little bit, because like you said, it feels like they were leading you towards an answer they wanted to get like they were trying to well, they were fishing for something they were fishing yeah. for some information which well, I, I, you know. I, I don't want to get too technical but like if you have a construct of like you're trying to figure out something you sort of have to unpack it right you have to say what are all the things that indicate knowing about something or liking something and so right. so you have to sort of unpack that into all the different things that people might say and, and then other but right. the list of of possible answers was fascinating to me because it was not just on some pages i thought it was over 20 different descriptors of how i was feeling about certain things so you mean you mean the the options that were given to the options that were given yep and and many pages was select multiple all the things that apply to you here and then the following page would be select the one thing out of this group that is the most important to you so michelle as you know putting together a survey is something that you have to be very careful of because of how you frame the questions, how how they're asked. And although you're looking for some type of collection of data so that you can make a decision on something, one of the things you have to be very careful of is not put the questions in a form so that they turn, to, turn out to be leading questions. I was gonna ask you, if any of those questions were like that, and I'll give you an example. Back in October of 2004, myself as well as other some other Disney nerds happened to be in the Magic Kingdom when they had a soft opening for Stitch's Great Escape. 
So it didn't open until November of 2004. But, so we're in there. And as we were leaving the attraction, going into the, the, uh, the gift shop, there were a number of cast members who were asking people about there. And the thing that I'll always remember is them coming up to me and saying, how did you like the show? Which assumes I liked it, which assumes that I was going to say yes. So I was going to ask you, did any of the questions get into that kind of a territory? No, you know, I was really looking at this from my Disney passport herself, but also as somebody who, you know, develops surveys and work with people to help them develop surveys. I thought it was actually very, a very good survey. Just many, many options collect, collecting. I was like thinking, okay, when I answer this, and then the other thing I, I started to tell you, there were options of how do you feel about this? Then what was the one thing that is the out of that same list? What's the the biggest thing that you feel or the most that you feel the most strongly? And then the third thing was, okay, now we want to hear your opinion about it, you know, in a qualitative way. So, so written out. So they, to me, I think that's excellent researching because I always tell my students, you can look at the data, the numbers and say, you know, 25% of people, but the thing that really sticks out is people's comments. What do people, that, that sort of illuminates the data. So you can say 25% of people said this, but now listen to, oh my God, listen to the comments about why they're saying that. So I was saying to, to Chris and, and Mike, or maybe just Mike, I don't remember, that I was, as I was writing these things, I was imagining them being projected in a presentation. Like one, one respondent said, because I was, took my time and I was very, very, tried to be very consistent and tried to really explain the choices that I was making. So I, it felt empowering, it, it did. Yeah. I felt really good about it. It was one of the the surveys I enjoyed doing the most. And I'm, you know, I don't know if things will change or not, but I think I think the answers arose from something that is happening that right. we talk, talk about a lot on the show. Yeah, I, I will say before we get into these, when I've gotten surveys for the recently, for recent trips, I could tell by the survey that they were concerned about the cast members more than they were about anything else. It was sort of like, it always led you back to like answering some kind of questions about how a cast member behaved or how, what was the good experience? What was a bad experience? Did you feel So I knew they were, the survey was gearing towards that. Did you have a feeling when you read the survey that they were, they were highlighting something in, in the grand scheme of thing that they were looking to solve? Yeah. So that's a great question. I think that uh, this, this is my takeaway, and we can we can give specifics, that they have gotten a lot of feedback that, that annual pass holders are an unhappy group because there are many questions about, do you feel valued? Do you feel valued? The second thing, and I don't think I mentioned this to you, but I did mention it to Mike, because I, what I did, folks who are listening, is I took some screenshots and sent, sent them to them before I completed the survey so they could see, because I thought, this would be a great discussion. They, the last part of the survey was asking about our my experience as an annual pass holder or potential annual pass holder at other Orlando attractions. So Universal, would I consider getting an annual pass at Universal? Why? Well, because they don't have, you don't have to make park reservations. SeaWorld, Legoland were the two other choices. So they're looking at their pass holder satisfaction compared to, and, and maybe as a way to point to people going to other places because they're unhappy with. So there's a lot of very, very few positive choices, a lot of negative choices. So to me, what happened is they got, they're getting all sorts of feedback and they created this huge list of the categories of the different types of feedback 
and they want to sort of see what are the, the big drivers that they can address some of these issues. It was so. interesting, though, that they didn't send me a survey. I recently well, let mine lapse, and if this is a concern of theirs, maybe they would have reached out to say, you no, recently well, didn't renew. No. Is there a reason why? Yeah, yeah. No, they they sent this to me as somebody who was about to renew. Oh, so okay. So Disney oh. did not know that I renewed, but they were looking okay. at my possible reasons for renewing or, you know, would I renew? Right. That yeah, type no. of stuff. No, yeah, I so, did not get one yeah. and then didn't renew. So, I, I well, you know, renew. you don't, you only have to do a sample, right? You can, yep. if you take a certain percentage, you can sort of sure. infer that 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 reflects the population. Yeah. So, Roughly, who knows yeah. what their yeah. sample So, they send a sample way bigger than what they hope to get. They'll, they'll probably, you know, yeah. if, if you, if they get 50%, I'm sure they would be dancing in the halls. They probably right. get maybe like a 15 to 20% return rate. Sure. So, because nobody wants to deal with that nonsense. You know, except me. <laughs> I guess I, well, no, I'm yeah, like well, rolling on my sleeve. Yeah. like, oh boy, I can't wait to do this one. Right. I'm a survey doer. I I like to to do surveys. Right. So, all right. So, why don't we get to, into some of the questions and and in the in the selections too? I hope we can share with the yeah what the I, options I, were. I was gonna say I think that's the the most telling part mm -hmm. of it all was the answers that they put there, because obviously these are statements they've heard. They're not, they're not just making this up, you know, as they go along. So why don't you give us like one of the first questions that you want to read? Sure. So the first thing was just sort of a, let's compare annual passes, just so you know what, what your options are, what they're going to be. And they have changed from when I was, I still am for a month or so, a gold annual pass holder. And now it's going to be something different. It's going to be this, I'm a sorcerer. So they're different, different passes, Pixie Dust, Pirate Pass, Sorcerer, and Disney's Incredit Pass. We won't go into what those things are, but the first, one of the first questions what was, which, if any, of the following reasons describe why you may or may not renew your annual pass when it expires? Should I read some of them, or should I tell you what I did? Yeah, no, I, I like, I think, like you said, all these answers reflect. Yeah, all right, so thoughts. see, people listening, see if you can see a pattern here. The reasons why I may not, and it's a negative question, or may or may not. So it's it's a neutral question. It the AP is not worth it. I don't feel it. Wait, wait, before you even go through all yeah. of them, maybe do you want to go eat one by one, and we all say if we feel like that, like because sure, I sure, sure. I mean, we'll we'll be here for two hours. This is a long no, no. It's like thirty, at least thirty answers. But yeah, yeah, sure. No, well, we uh, don't have to. I just you know it is because there's a couple. You know, we both have the same. You gave me the image, and there's a, like, yeah. I would respond differently than yours. Yeah. So how about I read them and then I'll, as I'm saying it, I will say I checked that one off if I did. Yeah. And at the end, okay. maybe I'll, I'll put the ones yeah. that I felt like I would have added. But go ahead. And same for, for Mike. So the first one was the AP is not worth the price. I didn't click that. I don't feel appreciated as a pass holder. I did. Due to health concerns, I'm avoiding places with large numbers of people. I'm concerned about the cleanliness of public places. I won't be able to visit enough to make the pass worth it. I need more benefits and discounts included to renew. A recent change in my financial situation has made me reconsider. Visiting the parks is too much of a hassle. I checked that. Regardless of availability, I must make advanced reservation for park admission. I checked that. Sometime, some nighttime spectaculars are paused. Parades are paused. I'm worried that I won't be able to use my pass with limited capacity at the parks. I checked that. My preferred dining options or bars are limited. 
A recent price increase made me consider reconsider renewing. There's nothing special offered to annual pass holders compared to other visitors. I checked that. Interested in visiting other places? Come on. There's nothing special offered to APs compared to other visitors. I checked that. Oh, I said that already. I'm sorry. Experience as an AP isn't as good as I thought it would be. I checked that. Work and school activities, schedule, character meet and greets are temporarily unavailable. I'm in a, uh, I'm limited in the number of park reservations I can hold at any time. So again, that's that same construct as park reservations. I checked that. There's not enough theme park availability in any of the parks on the days I wish to visit. I checked that. There's not enough theme park availability at any parks at the parks I wish to visit. I checked that. Two thirds of the way through folks, there are some restrictions in my home area preventing my travel. I enjoy visiting the parks. So that's one of the few positive ones. Make Makes visiting the parks affordable. I checked that. AP pays for itself in a short amount of time to experience attraction shows and lands, to experience limited time events like the 50th anniversary celebration, food and wine. I enjoy the perks and benefits that come with an annual pass. I checked that. The annual pass program's convenience. I love Disney. I checked that. The annual pass allows me to visit again and again, and annual passes may be unavailable for purchase at any time. And then other, please specify. Huh. So, Mike, are there any of those that you would have checked that she did not? Michelle and I are pretty much on the same page, I think. I think looking at everything, I don't think I would have checked any more. I when I first saw the when I first saw the when I first saw the the survey, Michelle showed it to me. I went through and and pretty much anything that she picked checked off. I checked off. One of the things that I was thinking about when I saw this first question was that it it, it boils down to three things and the. Uh, the title of the survey is for annual pass holders. And I think that the word, the phrase annual pass implies something and it's not an annual pass because of certain things. And that is tied into the park reservation system for which there are several questions. And as Michelle may have implied earlier talking about surveys, they asked somewhat similar question to, to make sure that they can validate the answers. So it's asked in a different way. I think that the the, the value with the annual pass, the perks and the bennies are also implied here. So I think there's a threefold thing here. And Michelle and I are pretty much on the same page. I think it was almost as if I was reading what I would have checked off. And before you answer, Chris, I do mm -hmm. want to say that I just happened to count while Mike was talking. Ten, there are 35 selections. The last one's other. So let's throw that out. So there are 34 selections. Ten of them are positive. And the first 24 are negative. Right. So I think that's fascinating. So Michelle, let me ask you this. Do you think that prior to them setting, sending out this survey, they were taking possibly surveys in and around the parks and asking people for comments? And then they collected all those comments and they included them in this? Well, either that or people are complaining. But yeah, they, that's a way... They would do like a like a pilot maybe study getting, of it. Yeah. Maybe receiving written. But don't you think complaints. don't you guys think it's fascinating that two oh, thirds wow. of the, those comments are negative? Yeah, yeah. I think so, I think that this, this because speaks it is. volumes. Yeah, it's saying may or may not. So yeah. they're they're looking for like what are the reasons for you to, to do this? 
but there are so many negative it's they already know that a lot of people are bailing yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what about my choices compared to your choices? You know what? I would have probably chosen the annual pass is not worth the price right now. I think we may not be going as much because of those other problems. You know, the problems with the reservation system, the problem of getting on attractions when you go to the parks. I know you get sort of a discount. Sometimes you get certain discounts for, for your hotel, but the hotel prices are way up than they used to be. And the other thing is we're... We're DVC, so our right. our annual pass is lower than yours. Right. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that you also have the a place to stay. I still have to pay hotel. I mean, you're paying, but you know what I mean. It's it's a, sure. a I paid thing. already. Um, <laughs> so I, I, would you have would you have not checked any of those or would you have No, I, I think I, I think I mean I would have put enjoy visiting the parks as a reason to choose to renew the right the recent price increase made me reconsider that was another thing I, but it wasn't just the annual pass it was price increases across the board have gone up and Mike I do want to talk about a little bit about that statement from Bob Chapek mentioning the fact that the reason prices are going up are not necessarily only because of cost rising for supply chains but also demand. There are so many people who want to go to these parks. They sort of have the upper hand in this thing. And they and then maybe that's part of the reason they've limited the annual passes because they go, well, we've got so many people who want them. We don't have to give them out. We can make more money from people who want to just have to pay when they come weekly. Let me let me state for the record, and this is my opinion. It's not your opinion, Chris. Michelle's, I don't want to speak for the two of you. But I think that that statement by Bob Chapek was probably one of the most ridiculous statements I have ever heard a CEO make. Basically, he's saying, we've got you where we want you. You want us, so we're gonna, we're gonna stick it to you. We're gonna, we're gonna raise prices because we know that you are demanding our products and services. I think that was the most foolish thing to say. And if I was a shareholder, I would be on his case, say, how dare you insult your guests? That's how I feel about it. That's my opinion. And I'm gonna. No, I, I I totally get. It. I I don't think it was a wise statement from the CEO to to basically put it that way. But this is something that we've gone back and said over and over again. They are going to continue to raise prices as long as people are willing to pay it. And I think maybe Michelle, these questions indicate that maybe some people have decided not to renew their annual passes. I'm assuming that's one of your thoughts as to why they sent this out. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, then the next screen was I had to rank it. So which one was the top? Of, of the reasons, of all the reasons why you may or may not renew, what is the main reason? Okay. And I chose out of all those things, regardless of availability, I must make an advanced reservation for park admission. So that doesn't mean the other things aren't important to me, but they're all the same. Yeah, so they're all the same. I just did a smaller screenshot, but right. the, that was the one that I chose. So, and then I think Chris, where you said, I love the parks, that was, my feeling in March when I went there is I didn't like I didn't like going into the parks. It was not enjoyable right. for me. So that's why I right. didn't choose it. I just thought if like take a snapshot of Michelle right now, and I'm you know I'm going back. I'm a, I'm a Disney yeah. lover. I'm going back. But that's right. the the thing for me that is is the worst. And now with Mike trying to plan family members to go and meet right. us in the parks, it's horrible. No, so. I know. I mean, I love the parks. I, I, you know, that's the problem. I love them. I'm not happy with where they are right now, but like, it's that thing. It's that Disney thing that we go, well, we're not happy right now, but we want, we're chasing that feeling that we get when we go to those parks. And 
that's the way I took it. I took it more of a, a I love the parks, and so I want to go back, and I want it to be a better experience mm -hmm. than I'm. So getting what right would now. you what would you two have chosen out of that huge list as your top reason? Mike, what about you? You first. There are a lot of them that are very similar, but I think the one that Michelle picked is the one that sticks out because, again, it kind of slaps you in the face. It's like, well, you really don't have an annual pass because the annual pass implies you can go any day over a 365-day period. Granted, I understand and I actually respect that there are blackout dates for certain levels, certain tiers, but if I have an annual pass and it's not a blackout day, I should be able to go into a park. How many times in the past have we seen statements from the Walt Disney Company saying, if you are staying on the property, you will never be denied access to a theme park. As long as you were paying excess money to be in a room that was on the property, you could go into any park anytime, even July 4th, as long as you didn't drive to the park. I guess there was a, an issue with the, with the parking lots, but um, I don't think you can say that anymore. And I don't think you can say an annual pass offers you that. So I think what Michelle checked off would be exactly what I would have checked. Yeah, I, for me, it's interesting because I think there's a few of these answers that are pretty much the same, but worded differently. No, like, they try to do that on purpose to see oh, if yeah. you can contradict yourself. Right, like, because I was thinking like the annual pass is not worth the price. Well, yeah, because I'm not getting perks that I would want to see. I'm not getting, I'm not feeling appreciated as a pass holder. What am I getting that benefits me spending this money up front, right? I mean, you, you can only, and it's the reservation system, you can only book five days, even if you're, I mean, if you're staying at a hotel on property, you can book for those days. But if you decide to, you know, to move around or be somewhere else off property, as a pass holder, it's not fair that you only get five days if you're going to be down there for two weeks or whatever it is. Well, when you use a day, you can do another day, but it's still, like, it's hard to make long-term plans with people. Right. But so it's all, all of okay. it seems to be, you know, one thing said a few different ways. So mm -hmm. the main reason is a lot of the reasons. Mm. You know? Yeah. I wanted to mention that it, it may seem contradictory and I thought about these two things. So one of the things I chose was there, there's nothing special offered to annual pass holders compared to other visitors. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote, I enjoy the perks and benefits that come with the annual pass. So I believe both of those things. I just don't think there's enough. So I don't feel that there's yeah. much difference, but I, the few perks that we get, I, I enjoy those few perks. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't find other than paying and getting paying. If you go enough, getting a lot, getting charged less to go into the parks mm -hmm. like that seems to be the only real reason right now to get that like yeah even the ap food discount we used to have tables in wonderland and that yeah. covered alcohol too and <laughs> and 20 percent, right it was yeah it, yep. it was more and then they don't even offer that anymore it seems like it seems like once again the the, the benefits go down and the prices go up which is right. the story of everything so i think that's so that, at least that's my part so why don't you move on to the next section that you oh, i think to mike add. had something he wanted. Oh, i was going to ask sure. the both of you if you could add one or two or three perks to the the current list of perks what would you like to see as an annual pass holder for for a perk or a benefit i have my own thoughts but i wanted to ask you too if you have any thoughts on that can i do two yeah, <laughs> well, it's they're super easy because it's just what I mentioned. I think AP should be able to go without reservations. And I think that I would like to see the Tables in Wonderland type of perk again. I'd even be willing to pay a little extra for it. 
as we did before. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I would have a few that I would like to see added. Like, I would like to see them give annual pass holders, even if they're not staying on property, early access, like, you know, the hotel guests. I would like to see us get special lines or more special lines to get in and to the or even just like you know yeah. if they're going to do the genie plus maybe you get a couple of extra uh passes in your genie plus if you're going to be going and spending extra money you know i i feel like really all i've gotten on my end for the annual pass was a lower price to get into the parks and a magnet they send once a year and yeah, you don't even get a magic band anymore. You used yeah. to get right. a magic band every right. time you renew. So, you know, the idea of an annual pass holder should have been, uh, you know, there should be a little bit extra that you get. Like, it's it's almost like you put your money into a bank and you get interest. Like, I'm giving you my money before I even use it. I should get some kind of benefit out of it other than, you know, these little nothings. I mean, what's is it 10% off in most, and not even every place. I mean, you know, like you go to Teppanito, you're not getting any discount. So, but that's and it. I don't buy a lot of merchandise. There is a neither do I. Yeah. All right, I All only right, there are so many questions. I only grabbed another question, and the the first part of the question was what was the what was your overall experience with the Disney AP program? And I rated it as just okay. So the follow up question was, which of any of the following reasons describe why you rated your overall experience as just okay. So there could have been some other choices. If I said excellent, probably there would have been, but so this led to my just okay answer. And here are the, there are a lot fewer of uh, options here. The AP is not worth the price. I would like to better, I would like better communication from the AP program. There should be more benefits for annual pass holders. I chose that. We, I would like better communication about AP events. I would like more AP events. There are a lot of blackout dates. I don't feel appreciated as an annual pass holder. I check that. I don't visit often enough to make it worth it. The parks are too crowded. I check that. Pass holder discounts don't apply at all locations. The Disney park system limits my availability to visit the parks I want when I want. And that question, I just to me, it sounded like it came from a visitor. I, I, I had an AP person. I chose that one. I don't like the reservations that are required in order to visit the parks. Again, that's another separate choice. I chose that. The lines are too long. I chose that. I don't enjoy, enjoy my experience in the parks and then other. And I talked about the difficulties trying to plan with family and friends who may or may not be pass holders. And I, I wrote a lot about that. So what do you think, guys? Yeah, they're, they're, they're going very specific. So yeah, it, it does sound like they they're reaching for for a, a cause for the effect that's going on. So I still say that the annual pass isn't worth the price right now. For would what you have get. chosen the same things? Yeah, I would have. I, I think, yeah, no, I think you're definitely right. And I think the the, the reservation system is the biggest glut. But I think that's not even just annual pass holders. I think in general, nobody really likes it. They like it because it serves their purposes better in, in pushing people around parks and, and planning planning how many people they need to work at the parks and on any given day, you know, that kind of stuff. So Mike, there are about anywhere from four to six selections here that I don't think belong. Yeah. Like, there's a lot about communication. Well, the lines are long that, what does that have to do with the pass and stuff like that? But I think that the overall theme and Chris, you have said, just said it. And Michelle has very elo eloquently said it. And I think I probably yelled too much about it, but it's the park reservation system. And how does that work with an annual pass? It, it shouldn't. 
Chris, you mentioned something early regarding a benefit that I thought would be good too with great minds. And that is every day of the year, there are X number of annual pass holders who have come to visit Walt Disney World, Disneyland, whatever. Why not put aside one day a week in which the first two hours of the park or the last two hours of the park are open to only annual pass holders, sort of similar to a, a, a party at night, like a Halloween party and not so scary or whatever. So they, you're given a wristband and only those with wristbands who are identified as annual pass holders can access the attractions. I'd be happy getting in 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> Doesn't have to be an hour. Yeah, it just, anything, anything. Just, they're, the, they're your best customers, you know? And the thing is that I would hope that they realize that even though annual pass holders pay less per day to go in than a day guest, let's say, because annual pass holders are repeat guests, because they keep coming back, they're probably staying on the property. Of course, you've got the locals who maybe won't, but they're spending money. They're, they're buying food. They're going to the restaurants, things like that. I think you need to sweeten the pot. I think you need to add a few more carrots. And I think that the survey may be trying to figure out what they want to do with the annual pass program, if they're going to start it up again, which I think they are. And if so, how can they sweeten the pot, especially with all the negativity coming out of Walt Disney World with people saying, I can't afford to bring my family down there. Interesting. I, I have two thoughts on this thing. First, the, Disney knows annual pass holders are the biggest free promotion they get as a company. We are the idiots who go into our Zoom meetings or go into our office and everybody knows we're the idiots who go to Disney three times a year and everybody goes, oh, there again. And you can't shut us up about it. We make podcasts about it. We do everything as promotion for them. It's free publicity for them. And we pay for the for the privilege. So you would think they would want to make us happy and, and, and be willing to do that. The other thing is I always have a nefarious reason behind things. I always think there's like some kind of bad reason behind it. And I'm wondering if they're looking for a reason to, to halt the annual pro, you know, pass holder program. And they're saying, well, obviously these people aren't happy. We're never going to make them happy. And we've heard you loud and clear. You're not happy with this, so we're going to end it. You know, I, I tend to think sometimes there's a there's a there's a plan in play that you think they're doing, going one way, and they're really looking to, you know, find a reason to to not have to make more money. You know, and that means getting rid of annual pass holders. I could be wrong. Well, wouldn't wouldn't it make more money to have more annual pass holders? I, I don't know. Well, think about it this way, right? So it it's, I mean, I know we talk about the gym membership kind of idea, which is that you want a lot of people who pay for the annual passes who don't come down, right? So you're making all that money without having to really pay for a lot of it. But if you look at the people who are annual pass holders, we tend to go down there a lot more than regular visitors. We go down more than 10 days a year. We go down, you know, in some people's cases, 30 days a, a year, you're down at the thing they stand to lose money on that gate ticket from us i don't know i mean why why would they stop them then if the if the lines are so much longer and there's so much going on and they're cutting back any renewal any new pass holders to me that kind of says that they're they're thinking you know we've got them they're gonna come we're gonna we're gonna charge them so you know what i was wondering as a you know 
is a DVC owner and we bought DVC with the idea that we'd be going to Disney a lot. I'm wondering if there is a flood on the market of people trying to get rid of their DVC because that is why buy DVC or hold on to DVC if you can't get into the parks. So I'm wondering mm. if the yeah, if the arms talk to each other and and if they're they're getting feedback from other departments other than yeah. you know ticketing that hey you know you you have to figure this out because we have a lot of our sales are down yeah. people are getting rid of their dvc i'd be i'd just be really interested in that it's so funny i think of i think of the dvc if you think of it that way it's like somebody like remember there was the talk about global warming affecting shorelines and that water would rise and then you know the homes that are close to the, the water would be underwater and and one politician said it'd be easy just sell the houses and you know and they'll move and move away and it's like well who would buy the houses it's the same thing with the dvc right yeah. why would i want to do this if i'm not going to get anything for it i just came up with a silly analogy but i like it so i have a costco membership right and that costco membership means i get to flash my card and i get to go and use costco whenever i want to and what if costco said to me hey michelle you can only go to costco if you tell us ahead of time and it has to be like a week ahead of time that you're going to costco oh and you can't go during these holidays where you're going to be buying a lot of things for you know easter or christmas or whatever you're celebrating fourth of july i would probably ditch my membership and go somewhere else go right. to bj's or right, something right. like that so i think it's the same thing like so i think of like the costco membership is dvc i bought the dvc because i wanted to use disney and have access to the parks and and they have a discounted annual pass that all went into me doing it and now they're telling me hey we have this thing, but you can't use it. Or you can only use it when we say, and you know, everybody else is going to have equal access to this thing you just paid for. So maybe it's a stretch, but. I mean, I definitely think the DVC people would want to keep their annual passes more than people who aren't, but Mike. I, I thought I heard within the last week that there is a class action suit being brought forth against the Walt Disney Company by DVC members out west, I want to say in Disneyland, but it could be on both coasts, saying that they were given a, a false sales pitch because purchasing a DVC membership would give you access to the parks based on your status as a DVC member slash annual pass holder, and that's changed. Now, there may have been language in the contract that was signed that said, you know, subject to change or whatever, but but I think that it's almost like an unfair, unfair market practice or whatever you want to call it. I, I think that that's, that's something that I, I noticed a, a week ago. I think that Michelle's analogy with, with Costco is really, really, you know, true to the point. I think the other thing, Michelle, Chris, you mentioned how many times have you heard someone who has an annual pass saying, boy, my annual pass is burning a hole in my pocket. I got to get back. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I do think that it's going to be opened again, the, the program. I think it's, it's going to open again. I think that what they probably doing is trying to figure out, you know, if they do open it up again, what kind of benefits have to change. There's a revenue stream that I think all companies would love to do rely on and if there are let's say a hundred thousand annual pass holders they know depending upon what tier they are that that's something that they can rely on as far as a revenue stream every single year i don't think they would want to cut that off by 
destroying the program. And, and that's why I'm really puzzled as to why they, they stopped it. Although, again, I think it comes down to the park reservation system, Chris and Michelle. And as I mentioned, I think I text, I texted this to you guys early this week. They've, they've blown it. They've built too many hotel rooms. There are too many hotel rooms on the property for the amount of attractions and the parks they have. It's a lot of money to build a fifth gate. I don't know if they ever will, but they keep building, building, building. And now they're building more DVC at the Polynesian where Luau Cove is. They're building a tower there. It's just going to get worse. And I don't know what the answer is. I just don't know. So I, I found, I don't know if this is what you're talking about. It's not DVC, but maybe it's a different lawsuit. I saw a $5 million lawsuit filled against Disney parks, That's it. alleging false advertising in Disneyland. And this is put up by Inside the Magic. And it says, just reading the first paragraph, a Disneyland pass holder has filed a lawsuit against Disney claiming the company artificially limited park capacity and block pass holders with no blockout annual passes for making reservations. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a... Here's the thing. I, I think, you know, it goes... But we've said this two things. We hate the reservation system. I think that's the newest thing. But I think the biggest question in Mike... Or the biggest problem in Mike's mind, and it has been for mine, and maybe yours, Michelle, too, is just that we don't feel appreciated as annual pass holders. There's been nothing that makes us feel like they see us as the end-all, be-all Disney fan that they truly want to have as their spokespeople. Yeah, there are a lot, a lot of questions about feeling appreciated or not feeling appreciated. In fact, there may have been one whole question about feeling appreciated. So there are a lot mm. of chances to, to talk about that. And then again, other, I gave comments, lengthy comments, and I thought, oh, it's going to kick me off. But I just kept on going, and I was able to really speak my mind. Good. I wanted to mention something. This, and this is not blowing my own horn or whatever, but I wanted to mention that. A long time ago, I won the happiest pass holder on earth contest and brought down to Walt Disney World and all that stuff. And then a year later, I was selected to go to Soho, New York, to attend a announcement. And the announcement was going to be the, the year of a million dreams. While I was there, I was, I was brought there maybe because I was doing all kinds of blogging and podcasting, whatever. But I was interviewed for four hours as an annual pass holder. And they asked me what I liked and what I didn't like. And, you know, I, I, I knew they were going to ask me that. And I had made a whole list. And to this day, I don't even know if, if any of my suggestions were, were taken. I think possibly the Tables in Wonderland card was introduced as a result of that. I don't know. But my point in all this is not to pat myself on the back. It's just to say that there's some doubt in my mind regarding what type of impact this survey will have and if it will affect change. My hope is that it does, but in the past it really it really hasn't, maybe because it was a voice of one, but if there's, it's a voice of many and we don't know how many surveys were sent out, but if enough people complain, if there's enough noise, maybe things will change, I hope. Well, as I've said, and which... Or Bob Paycheck has said, you know, they're not going to lower prices. They're not going to make things better if people keep feeding into it. So as long as you choose to go along with the annual pass hole, you know, pass. You're going to pass holes. You're going to be your pass holes. <laughs> the, 
pestles who keeps spending that money. Well, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll still spend, I'll still chase the magic, even if though the pestles. I've got names for everything. It, it's like Bob Paycheck, the pestles. That's what they call drivers in Massachusetts. Money. Yeah. Massholes. Okay. Uh, Massholes. Yeah. Right, right. right. I didn't think I was a passhole though. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Mike. I wanted to mention we 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 know of this survey. There may be other surveys that are taking place, and I did come across another survey that Disney has put out, and this has been sent to, I believe, those who have experienced the Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halasan. Is that what it's called? Halcyon. Halcyon. Well, who knows? Happy Rust. Papyrus. Anyways, the uh, <laughs> the. Going to be a lot of editing in this episode. The interesting thing is that this particular survey was sent out, I believe, to those who have experienced that experience and uh, asking questions like, well, was it worth it? You know, or did you feel immersive in, in this and that? Would you do it again? All that stuff. And and I'm wondering, why would they send it out? Has there been a slowdown in the, the number of reservations made for that thing because it's so expensive, you know, because the demand is so high and, you know, we got to charge the high but that is another a certain other survey I have heard about that's going on down there. There's also a survey with Universal Studios, but that's another story. But my my point, Chris and Michelle, is that you know we we see this annual pass survey. We have no idea what other kind of surveys are going out now. I I don't know if there's going to be a DVC survey. Maybe there could be a lot of other things coming about, and it makes me wonder. Someone is listening, or someone has some sensitive ears. And someone says we need to get a better handle on what our clientele wants, needs, desires, and hates. And maybe we need to figure out what to do. I, I don't know what they can do. I think we all agree that if they just wiped out the park reservation system, I think that would be, that would be a big deal. Wipe that out. Bring back the annual pass program. I'll take my chances with the long lines. And then that's not even talking about Genie Plus. So. It's interesting. I've done a lot of surveys after trips, you know, about you stayed at the beach club. How was it? And I do them and then I forget about them. I would love to, I would love for them to call me up and say, hey, we want to hear more about your answers. And I would love to, I'm going to keep my, this in my mind and follow up. I mean, we're all, we all follow up on this all the time, naturally, just because of who we are and what we do in terms of our love of Disney. But I think it'll be really interesting to kind of look in six months to see, are they listening? Was Michelle the only one? <laughs> or are there many people who said this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe they got some of this from all of the podcasts, all the video things on YouTube that people are, you know, when that Genie Plus came out, everybody was complaining about it. The reservation, everybody's complaining about it, you know, except for the, those rare few that are like sort of so far into Disney's pocket, they're scared to say anything. So maybe they are, maybe sales are down. I, 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 I can't imagine that they are though, because the, the lines are just so horribly long that I don't, I don't, it seems like they've got, as Bob was saying, they have more than enough people wanting to come to their park so they can charge more. I, you know, I, it, maybe it's me. I, I'd be curious if, to hear from both of you on this, but have you heard, you know, you've, we've all heard from people who have gone down in the last six, seven months. To me, it seems like the majority of those people are those who haven't been in a while or who have never been. I am not hearing much from those who used to be 
in my opinion, frequent visitors. I'm just wondering how you, how you two, do you feel that oh, that's the case? My Facebook friends. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people are going. But but are they people who have been recently, Michelle, or have, they haven't been in five, six, seven years? No. Well, I just see a lot of people going. A yeah. lot of people. I look. I I don't spend a lot of time chatting with people about this stuff other than you guys so i don't really catch but i mean i i can only go by by our trips that we went and there was just so many people there i i, I like you said there's not there's not a slowdown at all if it's not nothing it's it's kicking up more and more so any little last final words before we uh, finish this up all right so well then that's going to wrap it up for this episode of mickey miles and more for Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean, the Dean of Disney, Mike Scopa, I'm Chris Eliopoulos, can't even say my name. We'll see you on the road and in the park. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Mickey Miles and More podcast. For all of us here at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, this is Rick Gregg saying thanks for listening and all your support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road. Rob Papyrus.